Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Lord God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for every promise and every provision that you've given us for this day. We thank you, God for our healing. God, we thank you for delivering us from the snare of the evil one. We thank you. Thank you, God, for right relationships with you and with our fellow man. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for seeing our need and making provision for it. We thank you for it. And now, Lord, we thank you for the soon return of your son, Jesus will take us home to be with him forevermore in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We have so much to be thankful for. Hallelujah. If there's ever been a time when the Lord has shown himself mighty, this is it. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. You have your Bibles this morning. I want to go to Colossians chapter 1. Hallelujah. Verse 23, verse 23, verse 23. Bible said, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast. Wow. Continue. Grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope. Hope is always future of the gospel, which you heard and was preached. Now, this is the important part. To every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. I want to talk to you this morning on this thought, the reckoning, part two. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Now, last week, uh, I think we got off a little bit. There y'all go. Are we blaming the messenger, right? <laughs> uh, we started to talk to you about, well, before I even, each time I do this, I want to make sure we understand this. You must understand this part or the rest of it doesn't matter. There are three kinds of people in the world. You have to figure out which one you are. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that there is the natural man. This is the unsaved man. Amen. He does not have a relationship with God. 
Then the Bible says there's the spiritual man, the spiritual man. This is the man who is saved and has a personal relationship with Christ. And then Paul says in first Corinthians, uh, uh, yeah, Corinthians chapter three, that there is also the carnal man, the carnal man. This is a person who has a relationship with God and the devil. Depending. Amen. So we we started out by telling you that uh, in verse 23, the Bible is very clear. That if you're going to be, quote, notice. Well, let me show you what verse 121 says and you'll understand where we're going. It says. Uh, uh, well, actually, let's go to verse 20. It says, and by him reconcile all things because we were talking to you about reconciliation whether things uh, on earth or whether in heaven. And then we said, verse 21, and you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet he has reconciled. It's important that we understand that at some point in time, we were all the natural man. Amen. We were all unsaved at some point in our life. All of us. Amen. Then we got saved. When we got saved, then there was a, a, a responsibility given to us. That responsibility was to grow up. When we were saved, we were like babes in Christ. Amen. That's why every good preacher will tell you when you get saved, find yourself a good church, not a church. <laughs> a good church. They're not all good. So we illustrated the point by telling you in Matthew chapter 25, this is where we, we got off a little bit, about uh, uh, the wedding ceremony with the ten virgins. Amen? You all remember that? Let me refresh your memory just a tad about what that parable says. Uh, I don't want to read the parable because you know what it says, I think. But here's what I told you uh, last week. It says that the bridegroom is the son of man. The time of the marriage is a judgment. The tarrying, the Bible says, is a period between Christ's ascension but, uh, after his crucifixion and his coming back the second time. The virgins represent the waiting church. Amen. You. Amen. The wise virgins represent the church members who are always ready with their light shining. They have oil. They have an anointing. Amen. Then we said the foolish virgins are the members who have become cold and lifeless. Now, I made the mistake of telling you <laughs> that there's a problem. is fully, fully functional as Christian. And I, I, I didn't make this up. So I don't know uh, which half you are. <laughs> and it's not my job to judge. And I need to make sure that you know that it is not my job to judge you. 
All right. The foolish virgins, the Bible says, are the members who become, become cold and lifeless. Uh, the oil in their vessels is the means by which the light is supplied. In other words, the Bible says that the oil represents the spirit and it's the Holy Spirit who supplies the anointing. So whether you have an anointing or not depends on whether you are wise or foolish. Amen. The Bible says the midnight cry then is the summons or the deaf trump. The midnight cries when the trumpet sounds and all of us either wake up or get up. Amen. Or go up. Then the Bible says that the, 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 the cry for oil, you know, that five of them didn't have oil, ran out of oil. The Bible says is an attempt at preparation in the face of judgment. Uh, can I explain that a little better? That's called a deathbed conversion. Some people wait until Amen. the time is just about expired. Amen. Everybody that knows they're dying wants to have a preacher somewhere around. Now, I'm not going off today. Anyway. The Bible says in the shut door is a declaration that such repentance is too late. Too late. It is too late when you see Jesus. Do you understand that? And then I told you this last week. I said that uh, even if Jesus should tarry, if he doesn't come today, if he doesn't come tomorrow, he could come for you today. Your day is the day that you see him face to face. I'll be good with that. Now, let's talk about that for just a moment. And then and, and, uh, hopefully we won't get off. Well, we're going to get off. I, just, I already feel it in my bones. No, there's something in my head that I can't seem to get out, so I know it's going to sneak out somehow or another. <laughs> Not that I'm trying, you know, I just want to try to follow the, the notes so I can get you to understand where we're headed. Now, I told you this also. The church has known for over 2,000 years that Jesus was coming back. Hmm? And yet, what the Bible teaches us is that those five foolish virgins are the people in church. Now, this is all about people in church. Amen. Are those who became lethargic and just tired. You know, that's why the Bible tells us not to be weary and well-doing. See, we, we have a tendency that we do just so much, and we say, you know, I, I, I hear this, you know, not from folk here, Amen. but for the folk at Walmart. They say, I'm tired. I need some rest. Amen. It's like you guys got an extra hour. Wait now, hold on. And everybody's tired. Yeah, you're looking at you. I'm so tired. So you really didn't need that hour, did you? I'll look at you. (laughs) 
if you do what I do, I always set my clock early in the day on Saturday. So I get accustomed. Amen. I leave one clock unset so I'll, I'll know what time it really is. <laughs> so the Bible says that despite the warning and the knowing that Christ was coming, that there were still five virgins who did not take oil with them. Now, I mentioned to you the scripture says that the wise virgins not only bought oil, uh, bought their lamps, but they bought oil with the lamps. The foolish virgins only bought the oil that was in the lamp. Amen. Now, one of the things that we need to learn very quickly is that when you stay away from the presence of the Lord, the anointing will not tarry forever. People, listen, because this is so, so important. People leave church. Not this one. Nobody ever leaves here. People leave church and, and think that they're still anointed because they're living off the residuals. But it's like anything else. When the light goes out, darkness comes. And what happens is that a lot of people who are living the carnal life will start out with their anointing still fresh, but they don't have a relationship with the anointed one. So by and by, the anointing fades. And if you, uh, let's just say that somebody was crazy enough to leave this church. That's a joke. That's a joke. I have to tell you it's a joke because, you know, some of y'all are going to say, not only did he call me crazy, but he talked about me. Now, if that offends you, no, I'm going to let you go now because it's going to get worse. Uh, what was I talking about? Strange people. <laughs> but if you were to go to another church, then what I'm saying is that anointing would still be alive Temporarily. But when you find that the anointed one is not there filling your vessel, eventually you will start to fade. And guess what you do then, carnal people? You fake it. That's why people in some churches are prophesying all over the place, talking all over the preaching, everybody. Uh, you know, running around and, and always have to shout the same shout and dance the same dance and, you know, get happy the same way every time because no, I ain't talking about you because I don't want to start nothing. Now, the Bible says that they, they, they were not prepared because they didn't plan ahead. Now, what Jesus was saying in that parable is you have to watch and see watching is a problem for a lot of folk in church because watching for us is basically uh, looking for Jesus. Watching means working. Watching means working. Work till Jesus comes. Luke says occupy till I come. 
Are you understanding me? A lot of times we think that that uh, 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 waiting on Jesus is just standing around, you know, praying and reading our Bibles and fasting and rolling in the floor. But we don't do anything. First of all, if you recall, you have a calling to do something and your call is always to serve. You have to serve somebody. Everybody has to serve somebody in some capacity. That's what we were all called to do. Amen. Now, I want to try to get past this Matthew 25 thing uh, as difficult as it is. But there's some warnings that came with it. And that's where I stopped last week. The warnings were this. The first one we says he warns us that there are certain things which cannot be obtained at the last minute. There are certain things that cannot be obtained at the last minute. Now, most of us think that that means that uh, we can't we can't get certain uh, 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 gifts or uh, callings operating if we're about to die. That's not what he's talking about. There's some things you can't get at the last minute. God has a plan and a purpose for every life. If God calls you to do a specific thing at a certain time, at a certain place, you have the time to prepare to get that done. If you don't prepare for it, the time still comes. Somebody said it this way, time waits. Oh, you know that saying. So what happens is when you're not prepared and the opportunity presents itself, it's a missed opportunity. It means that you have missed your calling. Or you're always thinking about what you're going to do. No. What about the person who's waiting on you? Now, I read a story and I don't want to talk about it because it's getting the holiday season. But at the birth of Jesus, there was an old fellow waiting. Huh? Just so he could bless the baby. He had one purpose in life. What was that? To bless the baby. And the baby hadn't been born. But he waited. Now, two things you can glean from that. One, God does have an appointed time. And when he gifts you to do something, he's right on time. That's number one. But the second thing is, is that if you accomplish your purpose, which is what he did, then you don't need to worry about being here anymore if you don't want to. You understand what I'm saying? Now, most of us going to be a while because most of us don't know why we're here anyway. <clears throat> Second warning, he says here, is that there are certain things that can't be borrowed. It is impossible to borrow an anointing. <laughs> you can't borrow certain things. Now, you know, uh, uh, I would love to be able to just hang around anointed people. So I could be anointed. But it doesn't work that way. And it will never work that way. Now, what this does is this gives the devil an opportunity in your life. Because you're hanging around anointed people. So you assume. You are anointed. Now, you all remember, uh, what year is this, 2021? 2020, I have to remember. uh, 
when these prophecies went forth about the next president. Some of y'all remember those? Hmm? And one man who was the leading prophet in this movement had to apologize publicly that he missed God. Now, wait a minute. Now, here's how he missed God. He said, I miss God because I was in the midst of great men of God who were saying the same thing. So I thought that's what the Lord was saying. Incidentally, he's not even in ministry anymore. Are you following what I'm saying? You can't you cannot operate on a group anointing. And the third thing he says here is this. Uh, you can't borrow character. It must be developed. You cannot live on spiritual capital that's built up by somebody else. That's why a lot of times when churches change pastors, the church. Because the man who built the church up had the anointing. But sometimes the pastor that follows don't have the same anointing. Amen. Okay. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Because again, I sure ain't trying to make nobody mad yet. That's last week. <laughs> now, I want to talk to you uh, specifically on what the Bible says about verse 23. The Bible says this is that uh, unsaved people have to remember this. And I think a lot of them forget the Bible is written for believers. The Bible is written for believers. Let's do it one more time. The Bible is written for believers. Now, if you are a truck driver, you can pick up a manual on how to fly an airplane. And you can study that manual. And you'll get a an airplane. But will you be able to fly? And you know what? That ain't even as important. Will you be able to land it? <laughs> it is the same way that a person who is unsaved can study the Bible and they can get a lot of information about the, about the word of God and the Bible. But they can't be saved by just reading the book. Now, this is coming to shock to a lot of people because they say, well, I studied the Bible and I, I figured out and I, and I led myself to Christ and, uh, and I'm ready to go now. problem is the Bible is very clear. There must be a change of spirit as a result of what you believe, not what you have read. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not having read the Bible. 
I hear people all the time, my, my circle, they tell me how many times they read the Bible through and through. That's a wonderful thing. And I'm glad you got that much time on your hand. I unfortunately don't have that kind of time. Have I been through it? Yeah. Did I read through it because I wanted to read through the Bible? No. I went through it because I preached through it. There was a necessity for me to get something out of it. Yeah, I've been in every book, every single one. And I tell you this, before I preach any kind of message, I look at the background of the, the, the chapter and verse that I'm going to minister from and find out what's going on at that time and how that affects what we're doing contemporarily today. Amen. So, yeah, it takes me a lot longer. Uh, when they were boasting, I couldn't say I had read the whole thing because I hadn't at that time. I have now. But that was not on my bucket list. Now that, that messes some of y'all up, don't it? Well, Pastor, shouldn't everybody read it through and through? I agree. But, and here's what I tell you. Y'all have heard me say this. This is not a mystery to you. I only want you to read the part that you can live. <laughs> if that means that you have to read John 3.16 every day when you get it, great. Hmm? Now, this part right here, that many saints have never... Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. And the second is like the first. You shall. When you get those two, the Bible says all the law and the prophets are contained in those. If you get those two, you don't need anything else. And how many people just skip over that? Because the biggest problem in church, not this one. In church is a lack of love. Amen. <clears throat> now, okay, I'm good right now so far. All right. So, an unbeliever can begin to learn about how to be saved by reading the Bible, but the Bible was written for believers. Therefore, when Paul speaks, he's speaking to those who are alienated and sometimes enemies. He is speaking to those who have drifted away from. The faith. There are a lot of people who don't believe or don't know what they believe anymore. And being saved means that you have to understand what the gospel says. The gospel is very clear that Jesus came to earth in the form of a human, born of a virgin, died on a cross for our sins, was resurrected, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. If we don't understand that and don't know what the process is, then we're not really saved. Now, somebody said, well, Pastor, I believe that and I'm saved, uh, but what well, is no but? Either you are or you aren't. Now, if you don't stay in Christ, there is a danger of drifting away. You have to hold fast. That's why verse 23 says that you have to continue to believe. You have to grow in that belief, the thing that you believe. And the Bible says that you have to be grounded and settled in that belief. Now, here's a problem for most saints is that we believe for a season. 
And the Bible says it's like the parable of the, 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 uh, the seed that after it's planted for a season, uh, by and by, the Bible says the enemy comes. And the Bible says because of tribulation, we fall away. Things are going to happen. How do I know that I know something unless I'm tested in the thing that I'm supposed to know? So everybody has tests. We all have to daily. <laughs> to whom much is given. What? So you're saying you're going through a lot. There's a reason for that. You ought to be the busiest person on the planet. The second thing he says is that that person must not be moved from the hope of the gospel. In other words, if you understand that hope is future, you can't move from the thing that you believe. Now, here's, here's, here's a real problem for us. When the Bible says the hope of the gospel, what does God say is going to happen to us in the end? Well, we got to figure out how to get to the end. We can't fall off in the middle if we expect to get to the end. We can't be moved from our future. This, was, this is what's in my head. Our problem as saints, if you want to be a seasoned saint, who's living the gospel in hope of seeing Jesus again, you cannot, cannot, write this down, you cannot live in the past. Let me tell you something. Past is always a good reference point, but you can't live there. Huh? Now, I've lived in five different houses. I don't think I can go back to the first one and move in. There'd be some problems. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly where the house is. I can drive there and I can park in front of it. But I can't go in because that's somebody else's house. That was my past. What does that mean? That means that past is a reference point, but I can't live there. And see what most saints are doing. Can I tell you this? I might as well just go and have a good time now. <laughs> saints who are hurting, saints who have issues, are saints who are living in the past. I want you to just take a moment and think what I'm saying. Well, first I need to ask this question. Anybody hurt you today? <laughs> and if they didn't, then the thing that's bothering you happened. It happened where? Where did it happen? If it happened in the past, how is it affecting your life today? 
that person, that thing, that issue in your life, I promise you it's in the past. If you're still dealing with it, it means that the blood of Jesus was not effective in your life. No, 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 no. Let's, let's get real for a moment. It means the blood was not effective in your life. It means that you, you, you still hurt. And why are you hurting? Because I'm remembering. And too many folk. Uh, <laughs> but Thomas will probably remember this. Uh, Bishop always says that, that, that you have a windshield to look forward, but you got a rear view mirror to look behind you. There's a reason that the rear view mirror is smaller than the windshield. So we're not looking. What was the Bible says uh, in Philippians? He talks about running a race. Y'all remember that? Well, one of the things the Bible uh, teaches us is that in the race, that if you look back, you lose ground. Everybody knows that naturally. Huh? We see athletes all the time. If they're running, they're not looking back because that slows them down. When you're looking back over your life and lamenting, reliving, having regrets, it slows your progress down. You can't become what God has called you to be because you're trying to be what the devil says you were. Paul said that in Philippians, he said this, forgetting those things which are behind me, I press for the mark. I have to forget what happened to me. A saint, listen to me, a saint must have a short memory. What's amazing to me is that people can vividly tell you what happened in their life 20 years ago. Now, where are they living? Now, this next little thing, that's why I say will sting a little bit. If you're living in the past, you deny the efficacy of the blood of Jesus. Now, why is that? Because the Bible is very clear that Jesus died so that we could be reconciled back to God. Paul said this, that we are a purchase possession, that we are not our own, but we are bought with a price. Hmm? But let me show you something in Romans that I really like. Turn to Romans 8 for just a moment. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8. Excuse me. The Bible says in verse. Well, let's go to verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, that's the first thing. If you believe that Jesus paid it all. 
then who is it? What person, what thing in your life can keep you down? Secondly, the Bible says he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So I can't look back about the things I don't have. But this next one is really good. Who then shall bring a charge against God's elect? Now, when you go off on folk, can I talk for a moment? <laughs> Revelations 12 and 10 calls Satan, Satan, the accuser of the brethren. Can that sink in for just a moment? So then when folks call you out of your name, what do you mean by out of your name? I'm redeemed. When you call me a sinner, you calling me out of my name. You are accusing me of something that I'm no longer guilty of. And if you listen, if you are accusing me of my past behavior, then you have to be a messenger from Satan to be in my past. When my past is covered by the blood. So you dug down deep in the mud. Y'all still here? See, we don't understand when we start talking about people. That the only way you can know that the minister has a past. You have to dig into Satan's playground. You got to pull all that stuff out. And it's amazing that we don't ever remember what we did. Ours is under the blood. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm saved. I'm delivered. Now, why, 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 why do I need to tell you this? Because it is impossible for you to think about the hope that's in Christ when you are still living in your past. Are y'all? The one thing that we have to do more than anything else is we have to acknowledge. And, you know, for the last few months, I'm I've been telling you, you need to be saved. You need to be radically saved. You don't need to just be saved in name only, but you have to be saved indeed. And that means that you have to understand that if you are saved, if you are saved, if you are here today and you are saved, if you are born again, blood bought child of God, then you do not have a past past salvation. Oh, yeah, you know where it is. Just like the house. You can ride by, but you can't live there anymore. It's a reference point that lets me know I don't want to go back there no more. Hmm? But if you're still living it, if you're still talking it, if you're still part of it, 
it is evidence that you are not saved. You're not born again. I'm never talking about how good the devil was to me. I, he was never good to me. He tricked me a lot. Don't get me wrong. But he was never good to me. But I serve a God who, who the Bible declares is always working things out for my good. And see, the difference is, is that when you serve the devil, there's never any good. There's no listen, there's no good in going back, hashing out stuff that you can't do anything. Some of y'all mad with folk that are dead. And how do you expect to fix that? Huh? Can I tell you how you can fix it? The only way you can fix an issue with a dead person is you got to die first. If you die to that issue, then you won't have that issue with the person that's dead. I know this is good stuff. We look, went off to the left a little bit, didn't we? <laughs> but it was in my head. <laughs> my head ain't big enough to hold all this stuff. All right, I got four minutes to finish what I'm supposed to be talking about. Paul said this, that there are reasons why we need to be reconciled to God. Three or four. Well, we're going to just look at them. First, the Bible says we, uh, because we were first alienated. So we need to be reconciled. The Bible says this, that we when we are out of harmony with God, our natural condition is to be totally hostile to his standard. If you are not in harmony with God, you will become his enemy. The questions that we ask. I don't see why God would allow. How come God don't give me? Why don't he do this? You're out of harmony. Second, the Bible says no one is good enough to save himself. So we want to live. If we want to live eternally, we must depend on God's grace and God's grace. If you accept it, if you accept it, if you accept it, it covers everything. If you accept it. If you accept, but you can't have grace and remember your sins at the same time. And third, the Bible says Jesus suffered fully as a human so that we could be assured that he died in our place. So we don't have to wonder, well, did he die as the son of God or did he die as the son of man? He both. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He died fully God and fully man. But he died as a man for my sin because I'm a man. Amen. And finally, the only way the Bible says to be free from sin is to trust Jesus to take it away. Trust Jesus to take it away. Now, I got to tell you something. One of the problems that, that, that we all have sometimes is that we, we waver in what we believe. You got to stand firm in what you believe. The Bible says that 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 uh, Jesus alone can can forgive our sin and he's the only one that can make it right with God. And he he's the only one who has the power to 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 help us to live right. 
So I live a saved life because Jesus left me with his spirit and his spirit leads me and guides me into all of his truth. The Bible says that I have an unction from the Holy One. In other words, I have the ability to do what I'm called to do. Now, I can't do that and focus on what I should have, would have, could have. And the devil's biggest trick is to get you diverted to something that doesn't matter. People are studying all kinds of stuff today about, you know, uh, the, the, the end times. And, and some people have delved into the, the Old Testament, into why this happened and why that happened. And my question is, what does that got to do with you getting to heaven? And what does that have to do with, with preachers who preach messages about stuff that don't matter? Huh? Anybody that reads the book of Revelation should read the first three chapters and close the book. And when you get to be a mature saint, go back and read the rest of it. You want to see what the, the letters to John? Yeah, okay, yeah. Let, let's look at that. Because that's a message to the church. At that point in time, let's go back to church now. And start living some of that. Whew. I liked in, in this. <laughs> nah, never mind. I'm about to get off again. When God forgives our sins, our record is wiped clean from his perspective as though we had never sinned. I need to get you have that in your spirit. When God says that you 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 have been delivered. And the Bible says, I have been delivered. I have been delivered. I have been delivered. That's why I like that song. I've been redeemed. I was bought with a price. Once I understand that, then the devil can't fool me. He can't deal with stuff that I can't handle. Well, Pastor, you just don't know what happened to me as a child. No, I sure don't. But I can tell you this. Jesus does. He knows exactly what happened to you. And here's what the Bible says, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So guess what he can do? He can fix your yesterday so you can live today so that you have hope for tomorrow. Stop talking about what happened to you. It happened. It happened. I'd be the first to tell you it happened. As a matter of fact, let me be the first to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry it happened to you. I really am. I mean, I mean that from my heart. I'm, whatever it was, I'm sorry that it happened to you. I'm even going to go one step further. If it was me, I'm sorry that I did it. And if it happened prior to 2008, I ain't too sorry because I don't remember it. But if it, <laughs> y'all laugh, see, people don't, they don't know this. I don't have much recollection past 2008, okay? So if it happened past 2008, if, if you tell me, Pastor, you did so-and-so to me, I'm going to ask you when. 
And if it was 2007, I'm going to say, well, I'm sorry. I can't help you. Because I probably did it or I probably said it. Now, if it happened past then, I, you know, I can help you out a little bit. All right? And the wonderful thing about, see, everything is a blessing with God. The wonderful, ha uh, the wonderful thing about having an opportunity to reset and start over again is that you don't have to carry other people's baggage. Woo. Now, let me say one last thing, and then we're going we're gonna to have communion. Uh, one of the things that we have to do is understand, and I, I want to say this every week, is that repentance is the foundation. Amen. If we're not willing to repent, mm -hmm. we cannot be forgiven. And if there's no forgiveness, there's no growth. You can't grow without forgiveness. One of the biggest, listen, unforgiveness is like an anchor that's tied to your past, your sins. You can't break free because that anchor has you held in place. That's why you have to forgive. The moment you forgive, you can Crank that anchor in and start to move. Amen. The Bible says that, that even with you anchored, listen, sometimes the sh ship will still drift. It ain't going nowhere, but it still drifts. What I'm saying to you today is that if you have unforgiveness in your heart, that's the first thing we need to fix. You can't fix your past and you can't hope for your future unless you deal with your unforgiveness. And if the thing that, that hurt you, uh, if the person is gone, uh, if the person's not available, forgive them anyway. Forgive them anyway. Can I tell you why? Because if we release that in the atmosphere, they hear it. Huh? The devil knows that you have repented. He knows that you have fortified yourself against his attacks because he hears it. So forgive him. Let it go. And when you let it go, then you can move on. But you won't be able to go anywhere until you have forgiven. Amen? Amen. Now I want you to stand up on your feet. <sighs> You got that song for me, son? You don't know what I'm talking about? Oh. Oh. Okay. My messenger didn't. <laughs> but y'all know this song. You know the chorus anyway. Jesus paid it all. Huh? Huh? We, we can do that today and we ain't going to embarrass ourselves. No, 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 this is because, because this, is, this is why we need to seal this in our, uh, our bodies with communion. We have to understand that it was his death on the cross that gave us his ability so that we could accomplish 
what we needed to accomplish. So I need you to say that with me. And that's why we sing that song, Jesus Paid It All. Amen. Okay, do I do need a Lawrence Well thing? A one, two, one, two. Oh. Good one there, I like that. question. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus paid it all? That your sins have been cleansed? If you believe that this morning, I want you to agree with me as I pray for you this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your presence in the midst of your people. I thank you for opening the eyes of their understanding, God, that you have open their ears to hear what the word of the Lord says to them. And I ask now, God, that you would speak to their hearts even now and give them an assurance that today their sins are all under the blood of Jesus Christ. 
the past no longer has a hold on me. My future is in you. And I thank you for it. I thank you, God, that I believe that you are interceding for me right now. And any circumstances that come into my life that does not represent a kingdom attitude, I pray right now that you would reveal it to me so that I can remember that it's under the blood. And God, I thank you for it. God, from this day forward, from this day forward, I will no longer dwell in my past, but I will live in the hope of the gospel. And God, I thank you for it. And all who agreed said, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. I want us to, uh, to share Lord's Supper together. And in so doing, I want us to understand that this body is a sacrifice for your sins. That, that's why we know Jesus paid it all. And that his shed blood is the covering that was released so that we could live. So his body paid and now the blood guarantees that we can live free of sin and our past no longer has a hold on us. Come on, baby. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the Bible gives us a record of this ceremony. He says this in verse 24, and when he had taken, uh, had given thanks, he broke it and said, take ye, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So we're remembering Jesus, not remembering our past. Amen. Take, eat.